This is Zoe Church LA. We're not just fans, but rather followers of Jesus. Tune in as Pastor Chad Veach teaches of God's love and how we can live a Zoe life, an abundant life. Well, tonight we're starting a brand new series, and it's called True Values. Uh, don't you guys love the graphic? It's amazing. True Values. And uh, really, we're talking about, we're starting a series about what's happening here. We, we live in a world of shifting cultures, and what are the values, what are the true things that we can live life by that will get us through, not just surviving what's happening, but I just think that God's will is that we'd thrive, that we'd do well, that we'd prosper. And tonight we're starting the series in we had a series of incredible preachers throughout the day, but tonight I'm going to preach on the topic of faith, and specifically faith in the midst of a shifting culture, faith in the midst of it. And I just, I believe that God has something special in store for us, for our church tonight. I just believe that if you would bring just a tiny bit of faith, I just believe God will, will fill in the gap. He'll fill in the rest of the way. He'll meet you exactly where you are. Amen. And now we're going to start Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 1. I love this verse. It says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. In other words, faith, it's not just a knowledge of something, right? It's not, we don't just have a knowledge of the Bible, a knowledge of God. We don't just, you know, we, we, we don't just have an understanding of what's going on, but we have an innate feeling and innate idea within us that even though it's, it's in a Bible that was written thousands of years ago, it still applies today. Faith, really what it is, is faith moves the hands in the feet of God. Really, faith isn't just knowledge, but it's belief. It's, it's a full-on trust. I'm not just, I don't just, okay, this is what the Bible says, but I'm going to stand upon what the Bible says. I'm going to walk in it. See, the difference between Knowing the Bible and having faith in Jesus is knowledge sits and faith walks. In other words, in other words, knowledge, you just, it's theory. I have these big ideas and let, let me tell you about what the Bible says and what it means for today. But if you're not actually walking out, walking it out, then really we're talking about just ideas and we're talking about theory. But faith says this is what the Bible says, and it's scary, and it's terrifying, but in this, in this shifting world, in this changing culture, I'm going to take a step in faith and just, I promise you, God always shows up to cover the rest of the way. Amen? And uh, tonight, I'm, I want to preach a message, and you can write down the title of it. It's called, The Tension of Today. The Tension of Today. And I'm, I'm going to pray, and then we're going to jump right into this thing. Father, we just thank you that... Lord, you've already established your presence in this place. Now, Father, we don't have to beg you or persuade you uh, to meet us here. But, Father, your, your word tells us that you inhabit the praises of your people. So, Father, would you do something that only you could do? Lord, I just ask that you lift our eyes to see your son, Jesus. That you open up our hearts to feel his presence. That you open up our ears to hear the words that he has to say. In Jesus' name. And all the church said? Amen. amen and amen. Now, if uh, just real quick. Quick church poll by a raise of hands. How many of you have ever had a moment of tension? A few people. Okay, a lot more people. That's great. Um, this is an everyday thing for me, to be honest. I wake up in the morning and, you know, my wife and I, we have a great apartment. And I, I get up, I get dressed, and I leave the apartment. And there's an instant tension that hits me. And it's, it's you know, maybe some of you can relate. It's, should I work out? Should I keep driving past the Taco Bell? 
I'm not, I've tried, I've tried a lot of things. I've tried hot yoga, tried running, tried steps, tried CrossFit. You know, you show up to CrossFit and they have these workouts of the day and it's like 94 holy hops and 10 raises of roofs. And you know, I, I, you know, I couldn't even do the two holy hops. I just did one, you know, and I'm sweating already. And there's this, you know, I, I drive by talking here. Okay, here's the thing. I'm strong most of the days. Like, I, and Taco Bell's not even like a top-of-the-line fast food place. It's like bottom. It's like college dorm, you know. You're, you're studying for the finals, and you got to get a Crunchwrap Supreme. But there's something. I drive by it, and I'm like, no, the devil. Three days, four days go by. All of a sudden, I start to hear the Taco Bell ringing. Ring, 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 ring. Ring, 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 ring. No. No. The next thing, I call my wife. I'm crying. She's like, what's wrong? Did you get a car accident? I have another Crunchwrap Supreme. Like, the tension. I think all of us, we face tension every day without knowing it. A specific moment comes to mind for me. And uh, it was the first time I held hands with a girl. I was 21 years old. I'm just kidding. Uh, a year after I was married. I want to take it slow, Okay. First time I held hands with the girl, we were at a Regal Cinemas movie theater. And I don't know, maybe Napoleon Dynamite was on the screen, I don't know. And, you know, I made sure, okay, I'm gonna sit here, friend, you sit over there, you sit over there, you know, you, you gotta line it up correctly, you know? And it's embarrassing because my friend didn't do it, so I said, hey, come back out here, you know? You squeeze in, you got a soda. Now, I got a soda not because I was thirsty, but because you got to be subtle with this. I put the soda in, in the armrest in between the girl and myself, right? Because I, you know, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to come off as aggressive, you know. So halfway through, the, maybe the first act is done. I take a sip, put it in the next cup holder, replace it with my hand. You know what I'm talking about? This is where the tension starts to build. You're like, I'm really putting myself out there right now. I'm, I'm just, I'm really putting myself out. Next thing you know, her hand, caterpillar's up. It's next to yours. You're not touching. You don't know if this is a mistake or not. Like, you can't look, you can't turn your head. You can only look forward and hope. Your pinkies touch. I'm just going to leave it here. I'm not going to pull away. If she doesn't pull away, I think I'm going to gauge a little bit more. All of a sudden, a pinky goes. We're just crossing pinkies at this point. Here it is. I'm like, wow, sweating. I don't even know what's happening on Napoleon Dynamite anymore. The credits are going, full on grab it at the very end. Walk out, don't make eye contact, never see her again. <laughs> 10 years later, my wife, no, I'm just kidding. But I think all of us, we face a level of tension every single day. And that's where faith lives. Faith lives in tension. We, we believe it, but we don't see it. We, we know the truth, but we haven't seen the result. See, what faith is, it's the vehicle from potential to God's promise. All of a sudden, we, we live, God, I, I'm, I'm believing for this breakthrough, and I haven't seen it yet, but I'm going to live my life as though it's already here. The, the first point you can write down tonight is, and it's going to come up on the screen. We live by what defines us, not by what describes us. We live by what defines us, not by what describes us. See, at the end of the day, who you are, your identity, is a faith thing. It's not a facts thing. It's, 
See, I think people in the world, in, in culture, will say, this is what you're defined by, and they'll begin listing descriptors. Say, okay, oh, your profession. Okay, so you're another actor in Hollywood. You're going to make it. You're another musician. You're going to do so. Oh, and they just begin to define you, not by who you are or who you've been designed to be, but by what describes you. You know, all of a sudden they start describing you by your position. Oh, you're from that place. You grew up in that neighborhood. Oh, you live over there. You live in that place. You're, you're a part of that group. And they begin to describe you or define you by your profession. And then again, they go, I'm going to describe you by your past. And I think this one, it's just, I don't, I don't know if it's just me, but it's so easy to catch on to because those were my decisions I made. Man, maybe my past is who I am. I made those decisions. I turned away from God here. I, I, I dropped the ball there. I, I, was, I, I lost my mind at that time. And if we're not careful, all of a sudden we're defined by how the world would define us instead of how God's designed us. And I love that God has, don't get me wrong, he has designed us. In fact, I love this in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. God has a completely different def- definition of who we are. And it's going to come up on the screens. But he says, you're a chosen people, a royal priesthood. God will say, you're the head and not the tail. Let me just tell you, you can look across the mirror and you don't have to say, you don't have to look at yourself and say, I am who I used to be. You don't have to look at yourself and say, I am my mistakes. I am my decisions. I am my position. I am my profession. Instead, you can look in the mirror and say, no, I am a child of God. I am a son. I am a daughter. I have everything I need to walk in the fullness of what God has me. See, at the end of the day, who you are, it's a faith thing. And we're not the only ones. In fact, the Bible is chocked full of people who had identity issues, crises, got some problems. You know, you begin to open up the book of Judges and you find Gideon. And, and man, what, this guy's an all-star in the faith. And the Bible says that when, when God first found him, he was so weak in his faith. He would say, God, how could you use me? I'm the least one in my family, the least one in my clan, the least one in my tribe. How can you possibly use me? And in one moment of faith, God begins to describe, no, you're a mighty warrior. He begins to change his identity. He, he was weak. Now all of a sudden he can identify, I'm strong. I have power. What about Jacob? Oh, and, and, and Jacob's name, it actually means, literally it means to ride on the coattails of someone else. Just by his name, every time you spoke his name, you spoke a curse over him. You can't do it on your own. You, you don't have the self-confidence. You can't do it. And all of a sudden, he had one chance encounter with God, and he changed his name from Jacob to Israel, full of power, full of confidence. Come on, what about Peter, whose name was Simon? He was a reckless disciple. He would just do things. He would do whatever. He would say whatever he wanted. All of a sudden, he has a moment with Jesus, and he says, your name's no longer Simon, but it's Peter, the rock in which I will build my church on. You weren't stable but now you're you're stable come on what about Paul who, who his name was Saul and he was zealous for all the wrong reasons he put his faith in the wrong things I don't know about you I put my faith in the wrong things way too many times and in, in one moment with Jesus he goes from Saul to Paul instead of putting his faith in the wrong thing he becomes focused and he receives a calling from God can I encourage you, all of a sudden you begin to see yourself as Jesus sees you. you. 
You don't have to be weak and insecure, but you walk in power and in confidence, stable in a shifting culture. All of a sudden, you're like, Paul, you have calling and you have focus because at the end of the day, how are you supposed to walk through a shifting culture if you yourself are shifting? How are you supposed to be able to stay afloat on the water when you got to know who you are and who God's called you to be? And once you know who God's called you to be, you can begin to walk in a Zoe life, right? In everlasting, this, 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 this life that's abundant and it's overflowing. And you can write down number two. I, I love this point. It's my favorite point. Low valleys don't mean bad times. You can change the second low to bad. That's fine. Low valleys don't mean bad times. Now, I think all of us, we know bad times. There's a few markers for bad times. Right when you're on your fourth pint of ice cream, you know, Ben and Jerry's on your fourth night. Yeah, you're laughing. Some of you are on your fifth tonight. We're breaking the cycle in the name of Jesus. Not as many giggles because they're like, no, we're not. <laughs> like you've probably already watched, you know, season upon season, like 13 reasons you're done. Like, you know, you've gone through all the Netflix series. And you're like, we have markers for bad times. We have markers for, for low seasons. You know, maybe those markers are financial marker. Maybe it's a health thing. Maybe it's a relationship thing. But can I encourage you? Low valleys don't mean bad times. In fact, if, if you really pay attention to it, valleys are the place where there's the most fruit. Valleys are the most fertile places. Valleys are, are where the river is. It's where people set down and build cities. It's, it's where there's life and it's where there's commerce and it's where things are happening. But so often we miss the success in the valley because our eyes are so fixated on the mountaintops. And we say, you know, you know the, the, uh, this is a low season and I, I don't know what's going to happen. And, and watch, faith sees the fruit, fear sees the cliffs. You know, my wife and I, we love to hike, and you wouldn't be able to tell, but we love to hike. And um, if anyone hikes, then you know that you love the valleys because it's way easier than the mountains. And if you climb a mountain too fast, I've never had that problem, but if you, <laughs> if you climb a mountain too fast, or if you don't have the right practice, if you haven't taken in the right substance, then there's something that will happen to you called altitude sickness. This is a very real thing. You climb too fast and you, your body can't, it can't control itself. You start to get blurred vision or hallucinations. You start to hear things. You start to lose your bowels. You start to feel sleepy. I just think so often we lose ourselves in the heights when we should be finding our substance in the depths. Can I tell you something about, about the valleys? That every valley is formed by a river. Now, the Bible, is, it, it always refers to the presence of God as a river, as flowing water, as living, as living water, as a spring that's rising up. Now, watch this. What if we just began to sit in the valley in the low time and say, okay, God, I, this is a low season, but I know your presence is here. I know in the low time, I'm going to give myself to, to prayer. I'm going to give myself to reading the word. Uh, watch this. When you plant yourself next to a river, there's always fruit. Some of you, you say, man, I don't have any success in the low times. I don't have anything. I don't have any fruit. I don't have anything to grab a hold on. The question is, are you planted or are you shifting? Some of you, this, and this is nothing against you, but maybe instead of your, you know, one time a month to Zoe Church, maybe you start deciding, I'm going to start showing up every single week. This is my home church. I'm going to go to heart and soul because I identify that this is my home church. And you begin to plant yourself. 
can I encourage you, wherever there's a valley, there's a river. Wherever there's a river, there's fruit. And then where there's fruit, you can take time to recover. Come on, maybe some of you, you've been to the mountaintops. Or you've at least tried to climb and you found yourself tumbling down. You found yourself exhausted. You found yourself having to be carried down by maybe a family member or a friend. Or, and all of a sudden there's collateral damage because you tried to ascend the peak too fast. And God said, why don't you just take some time? Maybe I've brought you here for a reason. Why don't you get in my presence? Why don't you read my word? And I'm going to recover you. I'm going to heal you. See, what faith does is faith allows us to see the very present blessing that's right in front of us instead of get, getting fearful of the mountaintops. Now, I'm not saying that God doesn't want you to go to the mountaintop. In fact, the Bible has example after example of all these, all these different people going to the mountaintop to meet with God. I'm just saying that God doesn't want you to do it on, his own, on your own. He's going to take you there. In fact, in Matthew 23, it says, those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. In other words, and, and I'll invite the band out. In other words, and I think this is so good, Jesus already climbed a mountain called Golgotha. And he went up on a cross to die for our sins. And come on, we just celebrated Easter last week. He didn't just die for our sins, but he rose on the third day. And in doing that, we can have all the perspective, all the benefits, all the success of the mountaintop while we're comfortable in the valley. Now, when I say comfortable, I don't mean you were cozied up and, you know, we're, we're snuggling with our significant other. I don't know. For those of you who are single, you snuggle with pillows. But what I'm saying is all of a sudden you begin to walk in faith. And all of a sudden... You just begin to live a life in the tension. And every step is uncomfortable, but you're comforted knowing that God's going to show up. You can write down point number three. Faith fills the gaps. Faith fills the gaps. And I've seen God show up time and time and time again. And, but there's something within me that says, I want to earn the mountaintop. I want to earn God's love. I want to try to convince God that I'm worthy to receive everything that he has for me. But at the end of the day, we're saved by grace through faith. At the end of the day, there's no way I could possibly reach the mountaintop. At the end of the day, there's nothing I could do to convince God that I'm righteous. But Jesus already did that for us. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, it says that faith is the substance of things we hope for, the evidence of things not seen. I didn't really understand this verse, to be honest, until, until we had our, our first child. And, you know, love's, a, love's an interesting thing. It's a tricky thing. When I began to, to learn how to love my wife and choose to love her, and it was a process. And I dated her, and I chased after her. Literally, I chased after her at times. And she'd get mad, jump out of the car. No, wait. You know. <laughs> deserving. But love at the end of the day, it does something that transcends knowledge. It transcends logic. It transcends facts. It transcends feelings. And all this process of leading up to my wife and I getting married, and that was such a wonderful day, but I, I can say with real conviction that I love my wife today more than I loved her on our wedding day. But in one moment, 
in, in, in one moment when my son was born. It was like all that, it, it, all the process, all the time, all the, date, the dating, my, my son didn't have to do anything. And my heart was so swollen, overwhelmed with pride, overwhelmed with love. There was nothing he could do that, that would allow my love to turn away. And, and in fact, I was, I'm standing in, in the hospital room and it's a war zone and it's crazy and blood, sweat and tears. And, and in this moment, I'm holding my son and I can't help but be overwhelmed. And I began to weep because in that moment, I understood this is how Jesus loves us. This is how he sees us. It, we don't have to do anything. We don't have to impress him. We don't have to make him proud of us. In one moment, all of a sudden, faith filled the gap. I'm here to tell you and encourage you here tonight that it doesn't matter where you are on your journey or where you are on your path. All it takes is one step. In fact, some of you, it doesn't even take a step. It just takes turning in the direction of where God is. You take one step. God's already crossed the mountains. He's already gone across the oceans. He's already conquered the armies. God's already conquered death. And he said, I love you. All you had to do was turn my way. Come on, some of you. The reason why we have faith is, isn't because we put our faith in faith. We put our faith in Jesus because Jesus never fails. He's always victorious. And he's not just a God who's, who's there and victorious, but he's a God who's victorious on our behalf. He sees us. He says, there's nothing you can do to stop me from giving everything to you. Some of you, your first step of faith was just walking through these doors. And that represented so much for you. You just, I'm, I have never been to church or I've been, I haven't been to church in so long or last time I was in church, you know, I had, I, I had this conversation. I feel kind of bitter towards this person. Just that first step, just walking through the doors and God's already doing something in your heart. Come on, some of you, your next step, it's simple. It's just, it's time to join a connect group. It's time to dive into this thing a little bit more. Some of you, it's time for growth track. You, you don't want to just start coming, but you want to start serving. You want to join the dream team, the best team. Come on. Some of you, your next step is Man, tonight it's to get out your phone and text someone that you haven't seen for a while. Maybe it's your father. Maybe it's your mother. Maybe it's a sibling. You just got to let them know, hey, I don't care what you've done to me. I still love you. I still care for you. Maybe your next step is to say, I need to forgive myself. Maybe your next step is you got to start dreaming again. You got to start living again. Maybe your next step is just to say yes to Jesus for the very first time tonight. Because I'm convinced that neither death nor life nor angels, nor demons, not the present, not the future, nor any power, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all of creation can keep us away from the love of God in Christ Jesus. Not our past, not our decisions, nothing we can do can keep us from the love of Jesus. Come on, you stand to your feet here tonight. Come on, we live in attention. I don't necessarily see it, but I know it's there. I can't feel it in the moment, but God's taking me through this valley. I, I don't know where to start, but I think I'm just gonna take one step. And God fills in the gaps. Come on, we don't put our faith in faith, we put our faith in Jesus because 
The Bible says that Jesus is always faithful. Church, can I pray for you tonight? Why don't you bow your heads? Father, we thank you that your presence is in the house. Lord, we thank you that it's by faith we're saved through grace. Lord, we thank you that right now in the name of Jesus, you're, you're already doing a work in the hearts of our church. Lord, we thank you that our faith is sending us forward into our future in Jesus' name. Lord, we thank you that even now, God, your presence and your love is felt in this place. God, would you do in our hearts what only you could do in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. Thanks for tuning in to this week's podcast. We hope you were inspired and encouraged by the message. To get more information about Zoe Church, check out our website, www.zoechurch.org, or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and the newly added Snapchat under the handle Zoe Church LA. Have a blessed day.